We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe P. Zafia, and with me, as always, every Friday, the other half of the dream team. We're the black and white cookie of DFS, man. We are perfect. We just come together on a perfect Absolutely. little bed of cookie. That's what we are. It's John McKechnie. Johnny boy, what's happening? Oh, man. I'm a, I'm a little bit frazzled this morning, to, to be completely honest with you. Looked at the calendar. It is, uh, it's technically still August, and yet yesterday I found myself uh, wearing long pants, and then I, I looked at the weather app this morning, and uh, it was in the 50s here. So mm. um, I'm just, I'm not ready for that yet. But uh, the Queensland, new Queensland Stone Age album came out last night, and there is another great video of a guy getting hit in the Easter eggs this week. So, I mean, like, thing, things are going pretty well overall. It's just I'm not ready for how cold it is. Well, it's Wisconsin, so I guess that kind of comes with the territory, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's still for- August. It hasn't been like this in August before. I'm, I'm, I'm a little salty about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I got to be honest. I would, I would be pissed if I were you, too. It's actually just nice here in Jersey where I am. It's, there you go. It's nice. It's like 75. It's like this weird kind of San Diego-ish weather, and usually it's humid and awful. So I'll take <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah, excited about New Queens of the Stone Age album, too. Although the first track I heard off of it doesn't sound very Queens of the Stone Age. So I don't the, know. Like I used to do or, or whatever. Yeah. That, one, that one wasn't very good, but the rest of the album is pretty awesome, though, all the way through. Good, because that's what I'm hoping for, because I've, I figured, let, let this be the weird track that they release first that they think is going to cross over into other things or be on commercials or something, because I, I was like, this doesn't sound like Queens to me. This is upsetting, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad about that. By the way, how did you feel about that fight yesterday? You like the little uh, brawl with uh, Mr. Cabrera? Oh, the, the, oh yeah, the, the, the old Donnybrook, the old dust-up. No, that, that, I'm always in favor of, of baseball fights, and I, I know there are a million articles as to why baseball fights are stupid and antiquated and all, but like, it, nothing really catches your attention like just seeing a, a horde of athletes pouring out of the dugout and just wailing on each other. I think it's great. 
I'm glad they actually wailed on each other for a change. I hate Seriously. the posturing. That's mm. what I hate. The everybody emptying out of the bullpens and Hold everywhere. Back, bro. Yeah, come on, bro. Might be bro. Now just go and hit somebody. Miguel Capera is like, you're going to take that mask off and I'm going to pop you in the face. And then he did. And then poor Austin Romine. I mean, if you don't realize that you're not going to take – you went for a shoot on Miguel Cabrera. Have you seen the size of that man's ass? It's enormous. <laughs> you're not taking that guy down. It has its own his, zip code. His legs are like tree trunks. There's no way. <laughs> Austin Romine, bad job by you. But uh, hopefully a good job by us today as we uh, start with the Friday slate here. We got Jacob DeGrom at the very top of the board. Justin Verlander, who is uh, getting in the mix as well yesterday against Gave the White Sox. Gave the finger in the dugout, too. I know. <laughs> got to love that. DeGrom at Washington. Uh, then underneath that, you've got Zach Greinke at 9,600 uh, against uh, San Francisco Giants at home. Quintana on the road against Philly. That's a trappy one. So let's start with these top guys because I got some GPP ideas later on. DeGrom against Washington is a tough sell. You're leaning more towards Granky and saving the price. I don't know. I keep going back and forth on this one because the Mets are so bad, and now Conforto is going to be out of that lineup too. How do you pick apart this slate from a cash game standpoint? Yeah, I, I think uh, you bring up that good point with Degrom. Uh, the the price is you know kind of tantalizing because uh, unlike other weeks where he's closer to that eleven thousand mark, uh, you know his price is properly adjusted for for being on the road in Washington. Um, and even with Washington, you know, having a lineup without Bryce Harper, uh, without Trey Turner, uh, Jason Worth, the list goes on. And like pretty much every other outfielder, it's been like the drummer from Spinal Tap all, all season as far as what their left field has been like. But, um, you know, I just I, it's hard for me to go with DeGrom in this case when Granke is 600 less at home where he's been absolutely nasty and going against a Giants team that is just hilariously bad. So I, I'd give the lean to Grinky. I can, I can understand where uh, DeGrom has some appeal because he probably won't be as highly owned in cash games as, as he usually is. Uh, but Grinky stands out as the obvious play to me. All right, well, let's talk about Verlander in between at 99 against the White Sox because I, I think that is viable. And I, and I will say this, I think tonight against Miguel Gonzalez and the White Sox, it might be more viable than even Grinky on some level just because – very quietly, Justin Verlander has lowered that ERA in the second half by a fair margin. Mm-hmm. And also, we're getting more consistency out of him. You're seeing the quality starts. I think he's uh, five of the last six or six of the last seven quality starts. And the strikeout rate has been strong as well. So I'm looking at that as, you know, on a night where there's no clear cut, I think that you could maybe do some Granky lineups in one, do some Verlander in the other, or, you know, just for the extra 300, see if that makes a difference and kind of, make that decision. I think there's a little bit more strikeout upside with Verlander, a little bit more win upside because I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work out with guys out of the lineup tonight for the Tigers, although the White Sox are a triple-A team right now anyway. So <laughs> let's talk about some of the GPP arms. And I'll start with one that I think is going to be normally polarizing, but this is a guy who also has pitched well in the second half. Yes, he still has his moments where he's bad because, well, hey, he's Adam Conley. But however – if you look at some of the starts, there have been some good Adam Conley starts. And I think Adam Conley's a guy that is going to pitch to the matchup a little bit. And because this is another guy that if you have him in the right matchup, I think he can succeed at 8,100 against the Padres where there's so much strikeout potential. I'm looking at that as my go-to against Travis Wood and his, you know, trash can 581 ERA. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we've often talked about how um, the, the Padres or you know, using a pitcher against the Padres can kind of, uh, up your strikeout floor by a fair margin. And I used Luke Weaver against them earlier this week. And that, you know, he was in a lot of the winning lineups uh, on Wednesday night. 
uh, and for good reason because he fanned like 10 of them in seven innings. Um, so I'm, I'm with you there with, with Conley. Uh, one guy that kind of st- stuck out to me as a possible GPP because it un- unlocks uh, so many bats tonight uh, is Parker Bridwell. Mm-hmm. I know he's got kind of a, a smaller sample size at, at the big league level this year, but he still has a, a sub three ERA overall, and he's going against the Astros, which I think kind of makes him an auto fade for most people. But uh, that Astros lineup has been middling. Uh, it's around 16th or 17th in, as a team and weighted on base over the last month or so. It's not the Astros that was just absolutely pounding everyone in submission earlier this season. Uh, you know, like we said last week, they're, they're sort of that emo kid right now, and they still have that funk going. And I, I think that Bridwell could potentially take advantage of that. Well, he was the number two guy on my list, so you nailed it there, in my opinion. I agree with everything you just said. Another guy that when you look at the numbers, too, they're all pointing to he shouldn't be pitching this well or he shouldn't be coming away with victories. But sometimes that happens in baseball. I mean, that's what makes it the funky game it is. Uh, I want to talk about the other guy on the other side of that matchup, and I want to talk about Colin McHugh for a second. Does McHugh's presence there at all, you know, because he's another one that's, you know, missed most of the year with injury, but – you got him coming out. He's very inefficient as well historically. I think that also plays into the upside for Bridwell tonight as well. It's not like he's going against Keiko or somebody like that. Right. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely that element to it. I mean, uh, McHugh uh, hasn't really been getting deep into games at all. He hasn't gone uh, more than more than six flat innings in any of his starts this season. Um, and I think you also have to consider for uh, as gross as the Angels lineup tends to look on paper, even with Trout back in it, they're they're a pesky bunch, and they they can score some runs on you uh, in in unexpected ways. Um, so I think that that that's a team that um, m- might give McHugh a little bit more trouble that, than you might think uh, at first glance. Now there's some traps on the schedule tonight too, because Kenta Maeda to me is a is a trap. I know he's pitched better, but still not going deep into games. And I think that's a problem I have, especially if you're looking at him and saying, well, you know, it's a spot here where he's not really high priced. Maybe I could use him in GPP, but I don't understand that at all. We could spend, you know, a little bit more and get a, the floor of a guy like a Granky and still make that work. I think Maeda is a bit of a trap, yeah. and I know, I know, CC Zabathi is a huge trap tonight too. At home, he's dreadful. That's another guy. In fact, I want Seattle bats all over the place tonight because Sabathia at home has been a disaster this year. Is there anybody else here on this slate that you can make a case for uh, on the positive side? I mean, it's. It's a little thin in the middle in terms of uh, opportunity there. Is a guy like Michael Waka or even Chase Anderson on the other side of that Dodger game, either one of those two guys, relatively the same price in play? Um, let's see here. Well, to, to your point on, on Maeda, first of all, it, what's frustrating about him that I've found is that he can cruise through, through those first four or five innings, uh, but the second that, that teams start getting on base on, on him, he absolutely collapses. So, uh, you know, going against a Brewers lineup, I, I imagine that that'll happen sooner rather than later. So he'll crumble. Um, not using Maeda, that is, that is a good call on the trap there. Um, Chase Anderson, it's just hard to use a pitcher against the Dodgers, period. Yeah, right uh, now. As especially. good as he's been. Uh, it's just really tough. Um, so I, I think, you know, maybe Rick Porcello uh, sort of flies under the radar here as a guy that that, that has kind of picked it up over his last, uh, you know, month or so. And his last three starts, uh, sub three ERA, one one six whip. Uh, you know, he's going to be at home where his numbers aren't quite as good, but the Orioles bats haven't traveled particularly well uh, as a whole this season. So I think Porcello, um, he, you know, I think it's, it, 
he'd have the bare minimum for your quality start bonus, but I think he can get there. And I think that the Red Sox can get the win, you know, going against Hellickson, who other than his first start in Baltimore has been uh, extremely hittable. Yeah. I think the last guy I would throw in this whole GPP discussion is Jay Happ because he does have some strikeout ability. Uh, he's facing Bartolo Colon. He is at home. I think a lot of those factors enter into it that are on the positive end, and it's a GPP-only play. And by the way, Bartolo Colon's ERA right now, I don't know if you noticed, it's the mark of the beast. It's 666. Oh, no. My God. The end times are here, man. I, it's the end of days. Bartolo <laughs> Colon's ERA has foretold. All right, let's go over to the catcher situation here. Um, well, I don't know what Gary Sanchez is <laughs> He's going to be hit tonight or not. I don't know how long it's going to take for suspensions to come down. We'll, we'll see how that all goes as we're uh, recording this here right now. It is. It's something else. He was only 3500 on Wednesday, too. Like So the, this price oh, yeah. bump has been nuts. Well, yeah, deserved. now he's up to 4 k and it deserved, but at the same time, 4 k it's a lot for a catcher. But No, thank you. Yeah, we're going to have to pass on that. So let's go down the list a little bit. Let's start with uh, even Yadier Malita at 37. That's just way too, too much, much for a catcher to me. Let's talk about Alex Avila at 31. I think that's a guy that um, you, we, we felt good about Avila. He had a great run for a while there. He's going against Ikoff tonight. Um, if indeed he is in the lineup, that's one to certainly strongly consider. It's, again, one of those questions, the if. Um, Yasmani Grandal. That's another one who is having, a, I think, a strong second half and a good season all around, too. I think, you know, the batting average coming up is a big positive. He's got Chase Anderson, who's been good this year. But if you look at the numbers, I think Grandall right now, the power surge he's had in the last week or so, it makes him a much more pleasing addition than Gary Sanchez for $600 more. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, with Grandall, uh, anytime that he gets a right-hander, he's pretty much my, my – you know, top consideration on FanDuel catcher because he's never the highest priced guy, um, no. but he, he always produces, especially when he gets to hit left-handed. Uh, that's where all of his power comes from. Uh, so I'd be comfortable using him at, at 3,400 if I wanted to pay up uh, at the catcher spot. And, you know, that, that is definitely possible tonight because even if you're going uh, with one of the ACE options, uh, that's still, you're still paying either barely over 10 K or, or, or much less. All right. Well, if he is our cash game guy that I think Zanino at New York against Sabathia, the lefty-righty matchup there is our GPP guy because this is a guy that has power. I know it's been a little quiet of late, but I think in that ballpark, that's a great opportunity for him with Sabathia, and I, I just feel like you're going to get into that Yankee bullpen tonight as well. I would put him in that mix. Uh, I would also strongly consider uh, when you got all the way down at 28, Buster Posey at 28, I know it's cranky, mm -hmm. but in that ballpark, I feel like this is kind of almost a steal just because the floor – is so high with Buster Posey because he's such a professional hitter. No, that's a, that's a really good point. He, he, you know, the, the only sort of thing that you could uh, argue against him would, would be, you know, the high ownership because people are going to see Buster Posey under 3000 and kind of lock him in and understandably so. And uh, even against Granky, I think that he'll, he'll go, you know, over three times value. So he'll give you uh, <clears throat> uh, the return that you're looking for. I think on the other side of that game, uh, if a guy like Chris Iannetta uh, draws in against a lefty and Ty Block, who uh, he's really kind of been getting it done with smoke and mirrors, Iannetta has really good splits against lefties, uh, OPS nearly 1,000. Um, so I think that he would also be an option there. Yeah, he also got Luke Croydon on 2,300. Yes, um, yeah, against against Tehran at SunTrust. I love that play as well. Yeah, I think. look, I never thought I'd say this, and this might be the first time I said it all year, but there's a lot of options I like at catcher. Even Sal <laughs> Perez has been back for a little while now, and he's – 
you know, floating around the price where he probably should be. He's been a little cold since he come back, but look, you know, he's been out missing some time, so it's going to take a while for that. So catcher, you actually have options tonight. For the first time, I think, all season, and here we are, August 25th, and I'm finally happy with catcher. So who knew? Who knew? All right, let's talk about first base here. Rizzo, 4,500 against the Phillies. Votto, 45 at home against Devon Nova and the Pirates. Then you got Goldschmidt at home against the Giants. Freeman, 4,300. I think of this high-priced group here, I mean, it's always tough not to go with Goldschmidt. And then I just because of the power and the speed combination. So I think I'm still going to lie there. Although, you know, I know Bettis has been very good this year. ERA-wise, you look at the numbers, you go, okay, Chad Bettis has been okay. But Freddie Freeman at 43, I think, is an equally good play tonight when you're at home because that ballpark just plays really well for him. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, anytime that you can get Freeman at home uh, against a right-hander, that you know, that that's something that you have to uh, keep in mind. But I think this is one of those cases where um, I'm going to use Goldschmidt as part of a, of an Arizona stack. Um, now, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this too, because other than the bankable guys on Arizona, uh, haven't you felt that that the using the rest of the Diamondbacks this year has been kind of like being on a on a bad game show where it's like, all right, tonight tonight I'm going Drury, and the and the host is like, ooh, the answer was actually Cattell Marte. So yeah, you get a good say. And even when egg. Owings was healthy and playing too, he was in another one of these guys where there were nights where it looked like he was a lock to be a good option and he'd be bad and then the next day he'd be good and you're just kind of well, why why is this happening you know but you're right you're 100 right the secondary guys have been dangerous and maybe that's a good reason to just stick with goldschmidt and you know pair him up with another guy in that lineup the three four and i'm going yeah gold goldschmidt and jd just for a two-person mini stack maybe yeah. ionetta as a as a third uh but definitely the right-handed bats uh against tie block so i mean i, I do love jake lamb but don't love him as much as usual because it's against a lefty all right, Lucas Duda at 34, I think, is in play tonight on the GPP side. Uh, is there anybody else here in the more cost-efficient group of first basemen? Uh, Albert Pujols is a guy we've been talking about a lot lately. DVR and I just talked about him yesterday. And I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, you know, against McHugh, he's a guy who's been better lately, and that's 33. That's a cost savings. Uh, you getting behind on old man Pujols a little bit? Uh, it's, it's a little tough for me to get behind pools, but I do like the matchup and that, you know, you, you're right on, in terms of that recent production, uh, it's hard to deny that. Um, so definitely couldn't, couldn't, uh, you know, knock that pick too hard. Uh, I think Mitch Moreland, uh, at 3,100, uh, provided that he's in, he's a lefty, uh, going against Hallickson in Boston. Um, I think that he's, he's another guy to definitely keep in mind if you want to go uh, towards the lower end, uh, on first base. All right, let's go to third base on the other side there. I want to talk about Josh Donaldson at 43 for a second here against Bartolo Colon. Uh, you know, Donaldson's season kind of, you know, unfortunately just hasn't gone his way. But in case you haven't noticed, the second half has been pretty good since he's finally gotten healthy. Certainly uh, more the Josh Donaldson that we are used to seeing, and I love him in this matchup against Colon. In fact, Toronto is another one of these teams that I would uh, selectively get some pairings, at the very least, in some mini-stack action. Uh, let's go to some of the other guys here at third base. Beltre ahead of him at 4,300 in Oakland. Nolan Arenado at 42 against Tejeron. Do you prefer Arenado at 42 on the road or Donaldson at home at 43? Um, I think this is one of those weird occasions where it's like you're getting Arenado – uh, with like cores type upside at a non cores park, and and you're getting priced down accordingly. So you're getting you're getting Arenado at only forty two hundred when uh, going against Tehran. Tehran, 
I don't know what his deal is, but he has about a seven ERA uh, at SunTrust Park this year. Um, so I, I don't think that that's going to bode particularly well for him. So, it, you know, aside from that, that Diamondbacks pairing that we talked about, um, I think it can Arenado uh, with, with a Lucroy, and then you can get another expensive bat. You know, we can we'll we'll talk about Carlos Gonzalez when we get to the outfield, uh, but he's another really underpriced guy that that's been you know hitting better, sort of like what you're saying in Josh Donaldson. I do love Donaldson against Cologne, but I think I'm going to use uh, more Rockies against Tehran tonight. All right, I think that's a wise one. Anybody else at third base before we turn the page here uh, where you want to make a little savings in terms of cost right now? I mean, heck, Lamb is down to 36, uh, you know, against Kenta Maeda. I mean, I think that's one where um, – Yeah, it's a Lamb sorry, special. Oh, I'm sorry, not Kenta Maeda. My apologies. It's a lefty and tie block. I was uh, thinking of the Dodgers instead of thinking Giants. I was in my wrong California team. My apologies. <laughs> I, uh, You've offended I've, everyone. I've listening. offended now all sides <laughs> of that fan base on either side. So that's great. Uh, one more guy I want to talk about too. We'll bring him up uh, and throw him into this pile uh, is Raphael Devers, who yes. you know continues to be very strong play. We know this. Uh, it's a little bit quieter than that. You know, the week ago, but I mean, nobody can sustain that pace. Do you think there's a spot now where at 3,300? I know it's Helixson, so he's in consideration but do you think the league is starting to now come around a little bit on him and go okay here's what we need to do is that the reason we've seen the little drop off this past week the the league might be but that doesn't mean that jeremy hellickson is (laughs) i can't argue with that logic i just there's no arguing with that so i mean you can get a really nice you know you can cover your corners with with, uh moreland and endeavors and you know only be spending like 63 6400 on that so that that's a that's pretty good value for for guys with with real huge upside this evening all right let's go over to second base where it's not a spot that i want to pay up for any of the top guys altuve dealing with the neck cano dealing with the hamstring issue if cano was 100 percent healthy even against the lefty i think that would be a great contrarian play tonight uh in yankee stadium uh let's talk about jonathan scope at 37 against the very hittable rick porcello uh scope is your guy baltimore oriole and he has just had a monstrous season uh, I like him tonight against, uh, I don't care who it is. I, I like him against pretty much everybody unless it's a real high-end elite pitcher. And I think he's in play tonight. Uh, and if you go down the board, I think a lot of these guys are just kind of dart throws. Like I feel like they're all just these GPP dart throws, and there's none that really make significant, I don't know, gains for me. Even Daniel Murphy at 32, who's the Met killer, it's DeGrom. So I don't know how much right. I can buy into that, you know? Yeah, this this yeah, second base is is shaping up very weird and, and sort of my my go-to value play at at second base lately has been Moncada and uh he he left his game yesterday with shin splints. I think they sent him for an MRI, so I'm I'm iffy on him tonight even if even if he is in the lineup, I I doubt that he's, you know, 100% raring to go. Uh Eduardo Nunez at at, at 3400 has some appeal to me. Uh Neil Walker also out in LA going against Kent Maeda. I think, you know, we're both in agreement that, that Maeda might run into some trouble tonight. And I think Walker could be a part of that, but yeah, otherwise I'm trying to, trying to go uh, a little bit safer here, not trying to get too cute at second base. Uh, I do like the scope call, uh, you know, and I'm not paying 4,100 for, for Dozier, even though he, no. he does get the lefty matchup. No, I, I don't want to pay up for Dozier tonight at all. I'll tell you $2,700 Jose Ramirez, I think is a good price break too. I mean, that's a player oh, who call. has yeah. who has multiple skill sets. Vargas is a guy that, you know, has been strong. He's been a solid pitcher all year, but he's he's not a blow-away, strikeout kind of guy. So I think 
Ramirez has a good chance to make contact. Plus, you always got the steals and play with Ramirez, too. So he's got ways to get you points. And at 27, I think he's probably one of the safer guys. And I think you can float with him between cash game and GPP. Second base is not good tonight. I mean, nope. and this just happens. We've talked about this on, on this podcast, you and I. We've talked about it. Todd Zoll and I, Derek and I, we've, we've all talked about this. Some nights, some positions are just weird mixes of pitchers, ballparks, talent, pricing, injuries, where a whole position just kind of looks weird. And this is one of those nights where just, you know, relegated to these two or three guys that we were discussing that we say thumbs up and then just leave it to the rest. All right, let's do a shortstop here. Francisco Lindor, if he's, uh, you know, $1,000 more than Jose Ramirez in this matchup. And I don't know. See, that's the difference. Love Ramirez at 27. Don't think I like Lindor at 37, although he's been outstanding it might be tough to kind of work him in the lineup. What are your thoughts there? You think it's too much right now for him? Uh, it's like right on the border. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. It's yeah. It's just like that, like that tough over under like wind total when you're looking at like some futures bets or something, it's just mm. like, ugh, I wish the line moved one way or the other, just a little bit more uh, to make this easier. Um, so yeah, Vargas, you know, he's been, he's been really solid all, all season long. You know, I, I, I had my doubts about that lasting beyond the all-star break, but, uh, he's kept it rolling. Um, so really, to me, it's it's like, do you, do you prefer Lindor against uh, Vargas or do you do you prefer Corey Seager going against Chase Anderson? I think probably Seager because of the power upside there. Not that yes. Lindor is not, you know, capable. He is. I, I don't think 37 for either is a bad play tonight. I really don't. I think it's a matter of where you want to go. And if you do have Ramirez on the other side of that middle infield and you want to pair those guys up, I'm perfectly fine with that because – because Ramirez is such a discount, I feel like basically you're getting both of them for around 31. You know what I mean? Like you got to split good way the looking difference, at it. Uh, uh, you know, add $500 more to that salary. So you figure, well, I'm getting both guys for around 32. And, I'm, and I think that's a good value. Uh, I think Beckham's in play again at Boston. We talked about that potential matchup there with Porcello. I know you mentioned him as a potential GPP play, but we also have to keep in mind how hittable he's been this year. And yep. then you got the two guys who are being very cost efficient, Andleton Simmons who continues to be strong, and Segura, who I mentioned before, I'm liking Seattle tonight, and Segura's salary is way down the trough. Yeah, I, I love Segura tonight. I think that that he would be uh, – he stands out as, like, the, the best player with, with, like, the best price here. I mean, uh, you know, I know he, he's only faced Sabathia a couple times. He's 0 for 6 lifetime. That, that means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, you know, he's going to be – in Yankee Stadium uh, with the platoon advantage, um, averaging just under 10 points on FanDuel over the over his last three weeks. Uh, so extreme consistency uh, during that stretch. I think that that continues tonight. So 3,300, uh, that's really nothing. And then if you, you know, kind of like what you were saying about uh, Buster Posey being priced down, uh, Brandon Crawford has been one of the few bats with any sort of life in it mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco. So 2,800 uh, in Arizona, you know, maybe, maybe he's, he's sort of uh, a play where, you know, you're getting less than 5% ownership uh, in the rest of your tournament there. Uh, and maybe he makes uh, some sort of difference for you. Yeah, I agree. If second base is the spot where it's really limited, shortstop is where you have options tonight. The options of shortstop are outstanding. In fact, I would even throw Ahmed Rosario against AJ Cole in that mix as a one-off too, potentially, if you're looking to save some money and, and go all the way up to the top of the board. If you do want to start at the ground because you just feel really good about him or Verlander. And I throw Bogarts in that mix too at 32. Bogarts, another guy who's been kind of sneakily good 
and the pricing has not caught up yet to him. So I would throw Bogarts in there. We talked about him the other day and he had another good night two nights ago. So things are looking up for Bogarts finally. So if you got screwed by him in season long, this is where you can make it up in DFS. All right, over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer now for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, void where prohibited. There's nothing better than void where prohibited. You know, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. I just love wanna... it. It's, it just reads so nicely. Wait, have you ever, you know... <laughs> has it ever been void where unprohibited like where voids just out there and completely not prohibited and it's just out there like at burning man just kind of like getting high and you know and like taking his clothes of off yeah, it's totally a Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just want that for void in the desert, I want, man. yeah just one time for void i wanted to just let loose and not be so prohibited all right let's talk about Come the on. outfield here giancarlo standing against the padres $5,100, but my goodness, when you look up at that home run total and you, you see the 47, it's, it's been everything you've want, and he's got Travis Wood. You know, yesterday I said you can't play up for Stanton. Today I think there's some other options there where it's going to be tricky, but we just talked about savings at shortstop. We talked about some of the savings that you had uh, over at third base, first base. There's spots there where you can make things work. It's going to be hard. But I think you can get Stanton in some lineups today. You're going to have to go down to the bottom. Like, Lucroy at catcher is going to be one of those guys like a must if you're going to even entertain Stanton and try to offset yep. some price. Yep, Lucroy and, and, uh, and also Cargo, 26. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's two spots where, where you're saving a lot and you're getting a lot of upside uh, against Tehran and, you, you know, you're saving up to get Stanton against a lefty that, that gives up uh, home runs at a, at a pretty nice clip. All right, now, if you don't want to pay up that price, I think tonight Nelson Cruz is an equally good play against Sabathia in Yankee Stadium. I would be shocked if he doesn't go yard in this game. Just I have a good Nelson Cruz story for Ooh, you quick. Do it, yeah. I um, love a good story. So uh, a bunch of my friends were, were at the Braves game on Wednesday night, and the Braves were up eighth inning. Cruz is on the on-deck circle uh, as a pinch hitter, and they – the Braves bring in Jim Johnson and my, my friends absolutely hate Jim Johnson. And one of them yells out like, you're an effing bum. And Cruz turns around and uh, knowing that he was yelling at Jim Johnson, he's like, what did he do to you guys? Like he was just like laughing at my friends for just being so upset that Jim Johnson was, was taking the hill in front of them in their presence. That's awesome. (laughs) Cruz is just laughing about it. And then I think he went up and got on base. No problem. Yeah, and they probably turn angles. Now I see what you mean. He is a bum. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, J.D. Martinez, a 41, who you mentioned before, about pairing him up with Goldie. I think uh, I could definitely get behind that action. I think that's a fantastic uh, idea. Uh, George Springer at 39. Let's talk about him against Maeda because here's a spot where Springer, you know, before the injury, we are talking about him as a $4,500 player. Now he's under 4K. Uh, he's, I'm sorry, against the Angels. My, this is twice now. I've screwed up all, now I've offended all the Californians. Just, yeah, the I entire West Coast Yay! is furious. Man, oh man, this is what happens when you have kids. Like, my kids were going crazy this morning, and mm. they just melt your brain. Like, you just, you look at things, and you know what you're talking about, and then all of a sudden you don't. But <laughs> George Springer against Los Angeles Angels, excuse me, not Maeda, but Brocker Bridwell, who we talked about earlier, 
what's the deal with Springer here? We've gotten to a point now where is it just the natural sort of return to he was so red hot before the injury? Or is this a spot now at 3,900 we start to look at him and not just tonight, but merely going forward here as a guy that we should start targeting as the price continues to get lower and lower on him? I, it's it's hard to say that that um, that he's well. He was so good before that injury that uh, and like he was playing to to the absolute upside uh, that that people were projecting him for. Um, but you know, in seasons past, he's he's had pretty rough stretches or, or not finished well. Um, and you know, right now, uh, barely hitting over the Mendoza line uh, over the last two weeks uh, and hitting an even. Uh, 200 uh, over his last 60 at bats, so that that's not particularly encouraging. I know that Bridwell isn't necessarily an ace, but I do like him uh, in this matchup tonight. So Springer in in a lineup that that just hasn't been as good lately, uh, as serving as a table setter. Um, I'm I'm just not sure. I know the price it makes him enticing, but uh, a guy like a guy like Justin Upton uh, going against uh, Miguel Gonzalez for the same price, where Upton is in double digit home runs for the month. Um, I think I give the lean to to Upton if I were to like choose between the two of those guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think it's that same thing with Springer. I think the price has got to get even further for me. And I bring it up because he's a name. So like we talked about earlier yeah, with yeah. Posey, you'll see that big name price and you go, oh, wow, I got to get that talent in. But, you know, it's not always the case. You got to realize the difference between Posey, who is a professional hitter, even in a tough matchup with that price, and a guy like Springer who – the matchup might be favorable and you're getting them at a discount. You have to realize what kind of hitters they are. And Springer is a little bit more of that all or nothing variety, whereas there's more floor and foundation to our lineup with a guy like Posey. I want to talk about Reese Hoskins at 36 because, well, I talked about him Tuesday and then he went yard. And then I talked about him yesterday, the DVR, and uh, then he went yard. And I, I, I hope you've been listening. He's going to be bumming you out as a Mets fan for a long time. Oh, 100%. The way, that, the way that all these new young Red Sox are going to be bumming me out for a long time. As if I couldn't get any more, but I'm past bummed out as a Mets fan. Like, I mean, <laughs> my best hitter just hurt himself swinging. Like, not diving for something, not running in. Like, just swinging. Just taking know, a swing. I know. I know. It, it, it's year. completely derailing a couple of my teams, too. I'm, I'm very worried about that injury. Yeah. But Reese Hoskins here, I know it's against Quintana, and Quintana can be a very good pitcher sometimes. But lefty-righty... I mean, I'm taking my chances. Again, 36 is not too much for me. He's at home in a very home run friendly ballpark. So I think he's very much in play. I think Adam Duvall's in play tonight at home against Nova. That's another guy in GPP where you're looking for power. So if you don't want to go up to the top of the board for guys like Cruz, uh, for guys like Stanton, I think tonight's a night where you can certainly make the case for some of these other guys in terms of power potential. I want to talk about AJ Pollock for a second too. Another guy who's starting to heat up a little bit of late. He's got the lefty righty matchup here uh, against AJ, uh, excuse me, against Ty Block. And I'm looking at this one and I'm thinking, okay, 34 at home. I think I'm feeling the AJ Pollock thing, although the secondary Diamondbacks have gotten us into trouble. Is it too yeah, much he's to not. Pay? He's not one. He's not allowed in the VIP section. He's not of, in the VIP the still. No. Yeah, no, he's, he's in line. He's on, right. He's in line with the plebeians. <laughs> How about Andrew McCutcheon against Robert Stevenson? That's another one we're throwing big Ooh, names in Cincinnati too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's something uh, you definitely got to keep an eye on. And yeah, thirty four hundred. That that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And uh, I think Trumbo um, for for how much of a disappointment disappointment he's been this season uh you know that is a, a right-handed bat that can put the ball in the air uh in Fenway and he's homered three times off of Porcello and it, you know so 
I, I think he does have some good history there and in the sample is significant enough to where like you can you can like give a little bit of credence to it so Trumbo at 33 um, is also someone that I, I would keep in mind in that range all right $3,200 Christian Yelich a guy who's been on fire the last week it's a lefty-lefty matchup, but it's against a weak lefty in Wood, who probably isn't long for this game, which means more bullpen at-bats probably coming as well. So maybe two at-bats at the most against Wood, I'm guessing. Maybe three. I doubt it. Right. Uh, is Christian Yelich at 32, is that price suppressed enough for you where you go, hey, this is a guy whose ownership is going to be low, who's on a good streak, and might get some pretty good late-inning at-bats here as we get past the fifth inning of that game? No, I, th- I think that that is absolutely uh, a steal for for that price. And and uh, you look at his splits, and you know it's not like you know for for a left-handed batter, you know going against a lefty pitcher is almost like an auto fade uh, in most cases. But Yelich is is a complete enough hitter. Uh, he's hitting two eighty nine against lefties as opposed to two eighty four against righties. So I, I know the sample's slightly different uh, going against lefties, a little bit smaller, but um, still, I mean, pretty promising. Uh, stuff there you, you're not worried about just just the fact that a guy uh, is bringing it from one side of the hill uh, is going to tie him up too much and certainly uh, not Travis Wood so I think Yelich uh, 3200 that's yeah that's pretty awesome all right last guy here Byron Buxton yesterday DVR and I spent about six minutes talking about Byron Buxton and why you should be using him and if you listened well he gave you 18.7 which is not a bad return on that price 3000 today I know it's hap but Still uh, not a guy that I'm terrified of that I'm going to sit. And in fact, even if you want to throw him in the lineup with Hap as your pitcher, that's okay too. Sometimes you need a little weird in the GPP if you're really going to separate yourself. So throw that into the pile as well. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great night of Daily Fantasy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.